beginning. Um, today we'll have the opportunity to hear from um, a couple um, elders of the church um, to uh, share with us how during this journey of the last several years, some of people say the last several decades, um, but officially the last several years of discerning God's leading for us as to the best denominational affiliation. Um, what wanted the uh, couple of the elders to share was um, how do you sense uh, uh, being a part of ECO is, uh, catalyzes us in the power of the Spirit to carry out God's mission? Um, how do, do you see from Scripture what our mission is and how connecting to these other churches will help support, encourage, and maybe even kick us uh, in the pants to, to move on um, this mission. So uh, Fran Kelly and Janet Dumford will come and, and share with us. And as Fran comes up to share, let's uh, join in prayer. Dear gracious God, uh, we thank you for your word. Uh, we thank you for your spirit at work in our midst. And uh, we desire... Uh, to be in alignment with your purposes and your plans. That we want to go where you are leading us. So speak to us. Um, uh, from uh, us, speak to us. From your word, speak to us. In the power of your spirit, enable our ears, our hearts, and souls to hear from you so that then we might act to bring you glory and fulfill your mission. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thanks, Fran. Well, I'll tell you, you never know what God is going to uh, plant in your heart as a, as a passion. <laughs> but through this whole process, uh, kind of blindsided uh, on this one for sure. And I'm, and I'm not going to tell you that I'm an expert on this because I'm not. <laughs> but one of the primary focuses of uh, ECO that excites me is the planting of new churches. Uh, so what does that have to do with us when we see a lot of empty seats around here? Uh, well, there's a number of reasons why we should take it seriously. And the first and foremost is that Jesus commanded it. In uh, Matthew 16 and 28, do we have that up here? 16 to 28, so you can read it too. Uh, then the <clears throat> Losing my voice here. <clears throat> then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. So he always send missionaries. Uh, to increase the kingdom um, outside the, wall, the borders of our country. But what do we do for increasing the kingdom here at home? Well, <clears throat> statistics show that 20% of all Americans actually go to a church on a regular basis. That kind of uh, is figure is kind of get adjusted because there's a lot of people who will go to church once in a while, maybe up to 12 times a year. But on my own street, I, I was thinking about this, uh, out of 16 families, I can think of two 
families that actually go to church on a regular basis. And I don't know how it is in your neighborhood, on your street, but that's, that's not a very high percentage. In John 4, 35, uh, Jesus says, look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Luke 12, 2 says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Now, I know this church has a rich history of doing evangelism, and there was a time when we did evangelism very well. But we do know that evangelism, the way we did it back in the 70s and the 80s and in the early 90s, isn't as effective now as it was then. Inviting people to come to church is not as effective as it used to be. So if there's so many unchurched, we're wondering then, why are we not adding people by the hundreds if there's so many that are unchurched? The problem is, is that most mainline churches that were established 15 or more years ago, while they're still adding new members occasionally, most of those members are transfers from other churches. So what we're in the business of doing is trading sheep, not growing the kingdom. So uh, what we want to do is uh, get more into the business of growing the kingdom. The problem with being in an older church like this is that we get so bogged down with uh, budgeting for the programs that we already have in place and budgeting for the maintaining of the building and not budgeting for growing the kingdom. Um, the reverse is true in um, the... Um, the new churches, the ones that are being planted purposefully, uh, those figures show that 90% of the people who come to those churches have been from the unchurched category. So that is a true uh, growth in the kingdom. And that's what really excites me because isn't that what we're here for, to grow the kingdom? So um, that's why I'm excited about this idea. Um, not only that, I think that in the newer churches, it gives uh, younger people an opportunity to grow into leadership at a, at a more rapid rate than they do in the older established churches. The next generation is actually screaming for a relationship with God. They're searching for the real truth and reasons to be involved, but they're finding that yesterday's liturgical formats are, are empty and they're irrelevant to where they are today. Uh, teens grow up and they go off to college and they, they go into careers and they maybe will never come back to their own home church. So where will they go? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, every individual church's circumstances are going to be different, but I think ECO is really addressing this issue in a, in a powerful way. They have a very clear vision for how to plant new churches. They already have in place um, a process for church planning assessment and uh, the means to encourage and equip churches that are interested in pursuing that. Uh, they will assist throughout the whole planning and planting process so that um, they can help you make it happen. Uh, it's not a one-size-fits-all kind of uh, program. So they take into account where church is locally and what its community and involvement might actually be. So whether our plan um, to uh, 
involves having a non-traditional in-house kind of church or a church that meets, uh, say, in a local Panera's back room or something like that. Um, I think those kind of churches are going to have a great deal of appeal to that next generation. Uh, the services aren't going to look like ours, uh, but the essential elements would be there. Uh, they'd still do communion. They would still have uh, something, uh, a sermon. Uh, the essential beliefs will be there. The essential tenets would be adhered to. But the passion for ministry would go on in a new uh, kind of a location. So um, all of this doesn't mean that we can't get our youth more involved in this church, and I really think that's a place that we, we really ought to go. And I know that Andrew has some, some really good ideas on how to do that, and I really feel that we should support him in doing that. But the, the real church growth is going to come as we, um, we move into searching out what that church planting might mean for us. But my hope is that the sending culture that we have here in CHPC is going to embrace ECO's planting initiative, and that excitement is going to uh, grow, and we're going to be out there fulfilling the Great Commission. We already uh, have shown that we have a heart for, uh, for the lost, so let's not risk losing that next generation as we seek those lost, because I, I, that's where they are. We, we need to, they're our future. I, I like that uh, last word with a great turn of saying what, uh, um, let's not risk losing the connection with the world outside. Whereas I'm willing to bet, uh, as Fran was talking about planting new churches and new worshiping communities, that there might have been a little fear within us. There, there might have been, whoa, that's a risky thing. I love that you turned it on its head and said, no, the risk is that we just sort of keep on doing the way we've been doing and get the same results. And eventually, you know, last one done, turn out the lights, um, when that might be. And this, instead of saying, no, what we risk if we don't change, if we don't pursue uh, some of those uh, innovations. So thank you um, for that and for sharing that with us. What I wanted to share with you was... Uh, it, um, I'm going to be the old uh, um, one to pull back into uh, tradition for us because one of the things that I loved about um, Eco and that many have spoken about that Fran mentioned are what we call the essential tenets um, and that those are claimed. In a sense, those are, uh, these are the, the essence of what it means to be uh, a, a church that's following Christ. Um, in a sense, uh, uh, they're, they're the hills we're willing to die on um, for what we believe. And what Eco says is they, they put those on paper and said, this, this is what we're going to agree on. And the first one is that the, the scriptures, the, the Old and New Testament, are our written authority. They are uh, what God has provided for us to be our, our earthly authority to point us to Him. And it was a few years ago that uh, we uh, found this Bible back in the pastor prep room, and it was in a little bit of disrepair. Um, and so we, uh, I brought it out and just put it on the table, and some other people that had a better eye than I said, you know, why don't we have this rebound? And, uh, um, and then 
make that the use on our table. Because this is the Bible that was presented to First Presbyterian Church of College Hill, Ohio on Christmas 1865. And so I thought, you know, what a great way to not only have Fran come say, we got to be innovative, we got to be out there, and then have the old fuddy-duddy come up and say, oh, but... You know, look, you know, th- this is saying, this has been our foundation since our very founding. This is really the first pulpit Bible of, of College Hill Presbyterian Church from 1865 that we will continue to present um, before us and put not in a museum, uh, but on the table in front of us that we'll read from and use as God's inspired word for us to follow as a church and as followers of Jesus. Um, that I'm very thankful for and looking forward as we build on the foundation in some of the crazy ways that Fran is thinking that, that we need to reach out with the good news of Jesus. Janet. Good morning. My name is Janet Dumford. I have been serving you as an elder for the past three years, and I'm about to be installed for another three into our new denomination, a covenant order of evangelical Presbyterians. As you heard, Fran, we often refer to it as ECO or ECO. First, before I say anything really about ECO, I want to acknowledge that I believe our triune God is present in this body of believers. And more than anything ECO is doing or encouraging us to do, God's involvement in College Hill Presbyterian Church is what makes me excited and what should bring all of us great joy. I see and experience him here in so many ways, in the lives of people, in ministry, and the challenges he has brought me through and met me in. There are many stories in this place from witnesses of his acts of love and grace and mercy. He is why I am able to stand here before you today and why I'm happy to be able to serve this congregation as an elder on session for three more years. I believe God has much good in store for us, and if we remain faithful, he will show us his truth and guide us on his path. Now, how do I think ECO fits into God's plan for us? Let me start three years ago, when I was just coming on session for my first year as an elder. I was introduced to the work our session was already engaged in, Together, the elders had been reading and praying and trying to discern God's will for College Hill Presbyterian Church, what they thought um, the ministries that were essential to our church and how to arrange staff positions to build up and best support those ministries. Space was created between our two worship services for what we all now know about as the Foundation Hour, which provided an opportunity that added uh, for growth in both education and relationship. A new staff structure was built that added emphasis on service and witness. Well, at the same time, ECO, a covenant order of evangelical Presbyterians, started to form, and they also focused on four basics, education, relationship, service, and witness. It seems to me that God was at work in both places, transforming hearts and minds and aligning our spirits. As I look at ECO, I am most excited by their emphasis on relationships. For those of you that don't know me well, my passion is facilitating. I love to facilitate things. And for me, that means to make things easier for others. 
If it will make someone else's life easier, then I'll plan meetings, events, weddings. I'll be their personal shopper. I'll cook. I'll be an accountant. If someone needs help, especially organizational help, and I feel God's call to get involved, then I am more than willing to be that help. For I know he will supply the energy and strength that I need. But more than administrative work, what I truly love to facilitate is relationships. I am someone who pursues people. I will call or email, text, and then sometimes call again to arrange small groups, lunch dates, girls' night, family retreats. I will approach strangers on a Sunday morning, although some might actually describe what I do like pouncing. Um, but if I see someone new, I want to find out who they are and immediately help them get connected. I want to facilitate their connection, their relationship to this body, this community. And I desire healthy relationships for everyone, where they feel loved, noticed, cared for, and supported. And if I can make that easy for them, that brings me joy. And I feel like ECO has the desire to do the same, a desire to facilitate connections within the body of Christ, to give people and churches a framework and a healthy place to start. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 to 25, it says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate each other to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. The hope we affirm is that God no longer remembers our sins, that Jesus' sacrifice of his own body on the cross has atoned for all our wrongs. That in itself should motivate us to acts of love. But we still need each other. ECO has built in structures to connect us in relationship with other churches. As part of ECO, we are expected to be in relationships with other churches, other parts of the body of Christ. This desire is expressed in the name covenant order. Covenant means an agreement that brings about a relationship of commitment. This desire is expressed in our joint mission to build flourishing churches that make disciples of Christ. Being or making a disciple requires relationship. As a way to connect, care for, and provide accountability for churches and leaders, every eco-congregation is required to be in a mission affinity group. This is another type of relationship facilitated by eco. Each group consists of three to four congregations and their sessions brought together for collaboration and shared community around similar ministry contexts. We are provided with the narrative questions for discussion and suggestions of how many times we meet together and what those meetings might look like. There is accountability in these groups that should motivate us to follow through with action when God invites us into opportunities to serve him and those he loves. I have experienced healthy accountability over the last few months and have found it very energizing. I was one of four elders that went to Spokane, Washington last summer for the Elder Leadership Institute. The coursework has been about 15 months of reading and meeting together, a few papers to write, and the one week at Spokane at Whitworth University. While I was there, I met another elder that would be assigned to me as my Christian discipleship coach. What is a coach? The short answer is that a coach is an accountability partner. They listen, ask questions, and help me create my own agenda and goals. And then the next time we talk, 
they ask if I met those goals. One of the ways I feel God has been challenging me is to become more comfortable with public speaking <laughs> and sharing my story. That is part of the reason I'm standing before you. In order to become more comfortable, I realize that I need to practice. I need more experience. And because my coach held me accountable, when I recognized that, I didn't just try to ignore it, but I talked to Drew, and when this opportunity was made available, I took it. We need people in our lives that will motivate us to follow through in acts of love and good works. We need communities of Jesus followers that will facilitate relationships in ministry. We need structure to keep us from neglecting to meet with each other and practices that encourage one another to seek opportunities for spiritual growth and action. We need a denomination, this covenant order, that values the corporateness of our faith and the power and support other parts of the body can provide. In Eco's Essential Tenets, they state that God created human beings to speak his grace and truth to one another, to be helpers fit for one another, so that our social relationships would strengthen our ability to serve and obey him. I am excited about being in that kind of relationship with you, excited about being in relationship with other believers where we speak grace and truth and where we help and strengthen one another in order to serve and obey. I'm excited to take vows and enter into a covenant relationship with you and with God today that then encourages me to share God's life and mission with the world. My hope is that each one of you will be excited as well. And if you don't already have that kind of relationship in your life, one that encourages you and motivates you, then talk to me about finding it here because I'd really love to facilitate that for you. Thank you. Thank you both. And uh, we see it's not so, it's just not only where are we going, but with whom. Uh, but with one another and with other Christians um, across the nation, even around the world, um, who are seeking to follow Jesus and to make him known to those that are um, all around us. The heart of the matter is sharing the love of Christ in word and in deed and being his representatives, his body uh, around the world and across the street. And we need one another to be able to do that. And may ECO be that facilitator for us to best help one another and to join um, with other followers of Jesus. What I want to do now, then, is uh, we jump into this year in seeking to help challenge and encourage, admonish, correct, and help one another to follow Jesus, uh, that we um, uh, place our leaders up here, the deacons and elders who are to be ordained and installed um, this, uh, this morning. I'm going to invite them to, to come forward. Um, you'll notice in your hot off the press a list of those new officers. Some of them will be here at this service. Some of them um, uh, uh, at the next service. Um, and I'll have them introduce themselves to one another. You'll note them also on the, the screen. And one thing you'll notice, uh, I know that uh, Art Statman, um, whereas in the bulletin it's Stratman, um, you can... Uh, 
no, no R in Art's last um, name. Um, but those are the, the deacons that are there and also the elders that are to be ordained. As, as Presbyterians, as the Covenant Order of Evangelical Presbyterians, um, the way we operate is that um, those who are the leaders of this particular church, we believe the Spirit guides and directs us as a body to elect those into office. Um, from us, and they are the ones that are in, in authority to, to serve in the power of the Spirit and according to the character of Jesus for us as a particular church. Um, and uh, so today we ordain and install them. I'm going to have them introduce themselves somewhere behind us. Is There we go. Um, ask you to introduce yourselves, and um, then uh, we'll invite um all the elders in the, the, the church to come forward and lay hands and pr- as we pray for those who are being um, ordained. I'm Art Statman, uh, no R. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kathy Spellman, Becky Warren, Barb Rosen, Jinda Bowerman, Ben Noonan, David Priest, Janet Dumford. Mark Klusmeyer, Mike Enderley. Now, I'm going to do something a little different. Usually at this time, I would ask then each of uh, the officers to um, answer the words of uh, their vows, their ordination vows, the way that they are joining in this covenant and promising to to serve the Lord and and to to lead us. but I'm also going to ask, since this is the first time that we've done this under um, ECO, I'm going to ask every deacon and elder um, who has agreed, who wants their ordination transferred into ECO to also um, stand just where you are and join in affirming these vows. Um, as you're standing, uh, just uh, so that you know, as we made this transfer, we, the, the office of the church, contacted every deacon and elder who's ever been ordained in this church and is still currently um, a member. And we asked them, do you want to transfer your ordination into ECO? And most did, some didn't. Um, so, but any of those who did make that transfer ask you to stand and join in affirming um, these, uh, these vows, how you promise to, to lead and to guide and be a representative of Christ in this particular church. Um, and you, uh, everyone will see those uh, ordination vows in your bulletin as well. And now, for you and for all who are standing with you. Do you believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? And do you boldly declare Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord and acknowledge Him Lord of all and Head of the Church? Do you? Do you believe in the Scriptures of the Old and New Testament to be the Word of God and inspired by the Holy Spirit, the unique witness to Jesus Christ and the authority for Christian faith and life? Will you receive, adopt, and be bound by the essential tenets of ECO as a reliable exposition of what Scripture teaches us to do and to believe? And will you be guided by them in your life and ministry? Will you? Relying on the Holy Spirit, do you humbly submit to God's call on your life, committing yourself to God's mission, and fulfilling your ministry in obedience to Jesus Christ? under the authority of Scripture, and guided by our confessions. Do you? 
Will you be governed by ECO's polity and discipline? And will you be accountable to your fellow elders, deacons, and pastors as you lead? Will you? Do you promise to be faithful in maintaining the truth of the gospel and the peace, unity, and purity of the church? Do you? Will you pray for and seek to serve the people with energy, intelligence, imagination, and love? Will you? For those uh, being um, installed as elders, will you be a faithful elder watching over the people in their worship, nurture, and service to God? Will you? And for deacons, will you be a faithful deacon serving the people, urging concern and directing the people's help to those in need? Will you? And now I ask for all in the congregation um, to stand to uh, affirm um, their um, willingness to uh, support and serve and uh, follow Christ under the leadership of those in our midst. Do we, the covenant partners of this congregation, accept these brothers and sisters as elders or deacons chosen by God through the voice of this congregation to lead us in the way of Jesus Christ according to the word of God and the constitution of ECO? Do we? Do we agree to pray for them, to encourage them, to respect their decisions, and to follow as they guide us serving Jesus Christ, who alone is head of the church? Do we? You may be seated, and I invite all uh, uh, elders um, of this particular church or um, any other Presbyterian church to come forward and to lay hands on those who will be ordained today. And uh, ask if you're able, if you're to be ordained, to uh, um, kneel and we'll um, place our half folks, lay our hands upon you, pray with you, and for you. I'm going to ask those that are here to pray as you um, feel led, and I'll close us in prayer in a minute. And when we, when we close, um, we'll ultimately join together in the, our prayer of being a church without walls and ask all to, to share in one voice. So as you would like to pray, just let me know and I'll give you the microphone. Let's pray together. Lord God, we humbly come before you and we give thanks to you, the Almighty, the Everlasting, the Omnipotent God, for what you've given to us and that we could so humbly give back to you. We just thank you, Lord, for those that are kneeling here, both deacons and elders, that they would be able to perform in that humble way the service that you have given to them, that you have gifted them for a purpose. Lord, that you would protect their families, Lord Jesus, that you would protect them in their work, in their endeavors, Lord Jesus. Be faithful to them. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord, we are so grateful that these brave people have come forward and listened to your call 
and we just acknowledge that you are with them and we are grateful as a congregation. Thank you, Father, for this uh, holy moment where these folks have heeded your call and they have said, I will. And Lord, I just ask that you bind them together in unity. Make it so that they, in spite of any differences and disagreements, come forth with a oneness that will indeed reflect your glory. And dear Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that you keep your covenants with us that your promises are sure throughout the millennia. And we ask for your protection, your protection from the sin that's within us, protection from the lies of the world, and protection from the attack of the evil one who would come to bring what can kill or steal and destroy. For as we are seriously empowered by your Spirit to carry out your mission... We know there will be opposition. And so we pray your protection upon those who are in positions of leadership. And that they will, will lead according to the character of Jesus, who was the consummate servant leader. And that we will lead in the direction that you have for us, Heavenly Father, and be empowered by the Holy Spirit who resides within us. We, we join now together, Lord, in, in one voice, um, seeking to follow after you, to be the church you have called us to be. Dear God, make us into your community for your glory. Connect us in Jesus, no matter our differences. Lead us to serve the world like Jesus, no matter the cost Help us to celebrate you no matter the circumstances. We need you, Holy Spirit, to empower us for greater works than Jesus. Amen. And amen. And you may get up with uh, assistance. Welcome.